Hello and welcome to Talk The Line. I'm Jen Long and every week I chat to a musician, artist or celebrity about their passions, interests and obsessions. Some are public knowledge, others are buried deep in the unknown. There's no new album chat, no what comes first, the lyrics or the music, just a conversation on one topic of the artist's choosing. This week I'm talking to Dan Smith. Bastille is the musical project of South London-born Dan Smith, by his own admission, the unlikeliest of pop stars. Bastille's debut album, Bad Blood, was Britain's biggest-selling digital album of 2013, with more than two million copies sold. It earned them a Brit Award and a Grammy nomination for Best New Artist, which they lost to Sam Smith. They released their second album, Wild World, earlier this year. Dan is a massive cinema geek and a huge fan of David Lynch. He retains a close relationship to his fans and uses social media more of a way to recommend books, films and music than to promote his own band. For this episode of Talk The Line, we decided to get a bit meta with Dan by looking at another of his cultural obsessions, podcasts. When did you start getting into podcasts? Um, Probably... Oh, actually, definitely with Serial. My one of my one of my flatmates um, was listening to it, and it, on its kind of third episodes, um, we just got back from um, me and the band that I'm in had just got back from a very long tour in America for the first time, and I had horrible like insomnia. I mean, when I say horrible. I just couldn't sleep. I think people call it jet lag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I got uh, off the plane. I had this. This weird thing. I was like, oh, asleep all day, awake all night, <laughs> and and uh, and my my friend, my friend Al recommended this thing, serial that was I think three or four episodes in, and I don't, you know, I, I guess like a lot of people, podcasts just weren't really um, on my radar. I mean, they were on my radar, but just not in my life. And also, that kind of like I think up until serial, a lot of podcasts that I listened to, or like people that that, that your idea of a podcast was just a sort of fairly poorly put together person talking into a microphone of their computer. Or the best bits of Radio 4. Yeah. <laughs> repackaged and put in chronological order. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I listened to Serial and I, I actually, I remember so vividly, it was in this, this house I used to live in, like halfway between Elephant and Castle and Peckham, and I, the room was really horrible. It was like next to the front door and it was basically, it was the... It was the detritus of a person that's just continually coming back from tour and emptying their suitcase and then leaving again. So it was this kind of like mad, Miss Havisham-esque... A musician's bedroom. Exactly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I was sort of like, just I had this night where I just could not sleep, so I, I was like, oh, I'll give, this, I'll give this serial thing a go. And I was in this sort of slightly um, out of it, in and out of sleep state listening to this story that was I just it just got me immediately because it was it's obviously very well presented Sarah Koenig is very articulate but also kind of I think very empathetic and puts things across in a really interesting way it was a kind of journalism that I wasn't really familiar with and um, and the story is creepy and it's well put together and it developed really interestingly and it, you know at the time I caught it kind of as it was still happening so I was you know waiting weekly for the episodes and it freaked me out I remember like I it was like six in the morning when I finished and I was still trying really hard to sleep, but I was kind of, I was convinced that, I don't know, someone was in the room, I don't know, I was really, it just, it, it really grabbed me. And I think, I think stepping back from that as a podcast, what, what was so brilliant was um, 
was realizing that there's this there's this way that you can tell a story that is that is true and that we're all you know all the listeners are experiencing the same thing and it's 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 documentary in a way but at the same time um, because it's not visual, we're all having a slightly individual experience as well. So it's this weird collective and individual thing. Um, so like, you know, the sort of the murder that I see in my head is definitely different from the one that you see in yours. Yeah. And, and then there's, then there's the, rea- and, then there's and then you Google them and you look at their I know, photos and you're, like, and you're like, oh, oh, that's what you look like. Oh, all right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so it's this kind of weird intersection of like trusting somebody else's description, um, somebody else's narrative. I think that for me led to like a little bit of a flirtation with, with the true crime, genre, yeah, true crime genre, a bit like with a lot of people. So I, you know, I, I'd also recently read like In Cold Blood and was really struck by that and how I guess in its day, it was almost like the serial of its day and that it kind of ignited this wave of, of uh, interest in, in true crime stories which are innately that much more creepy because you know they're real. You get lost yeah. in it for a minute like it's fiction and then, and then you are constantly reminded, oh, there's something kind of creepy and voyeuristic about this because it's real and it happened to actual people who are still alive and have lives and this guy's in prison. And yeah, and there was something I think as, as well about, about the fact that it wasn't resolved and it was in the process of hopefully being resolved and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It was like it, an it, ongoing narrative and I think like the serial phenomenon was made even better by the fact that everyone else was in on it. Yeah. So you would like be sat on the tube kind of and get and you'd like, because at some points it gets quite quiet and then the tube's really loud so you're like there like intently pushing your headphones, headphones in. in as far as your ears <laughs> they'll go. And then you look across the carriage and you catch someone's eye and they're like there, hands over headphones and you share that moment of like, Serial. Yeah, exactly. But, but also what's brilliant about it is that it, despite the fact that it's over, it's still, for a first-time listener, however many years later, I think it's still a brilliant listener. Yeah. Um, I loved as well the ending and the kind of everyone, everyone waiting for the ending, the expectance. And then, yeah, and, and then, then she was like, mm, about that conclusion. <laughs> Life doesn't have conclusions, so fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that as well. <clears throat> but it, it, it kind of... And then I found myself... I guess like with anything that you love, be it like films or, or musical TV or, or whatever, or a sports team, I found myself eulogising to my friends about it. And, and I think what was interesting was because, you know, I think prior to that, if someone had been bugging me to listen to a podcast, which just wasn't part of the sort of culture that I ingested, I'd have been like, oh, leave me alone. I was always like, what's this purple thing on my phone? Yeah, no, no, me too. It's one of, one of the many, one of the many... <laughs> coloured squares that I'm like I just can't relate to you fuck off <laughs> um, yeah and, and, and now it's a, now it's a really big part of my life and, and um, yeah, I'm so sorry I kept telling to fuck off purple squares I know sorry mate I apologise <laughs> um, but I, yeah I found myself really really eulogising about it and, and you know converting some and not others you know I think it you know everybody likes to do different things with their time and there's some people that don't want to be talked at and the thing that I figured out the thing I realised about myself a podcast and why it kind of fits in with my lifestyle being in a touring band is that I, I must just have an incredibly short attention span. If I'm walking down the street and listening to a podcast or if I'm on the tube, if I see an advert or something interesting that's happening or catch somebody's eye or whatever, I think my brain immediately switches off and I have to rewind. Oh, yeah. And so I, I think it kind of suits the not being able to sleep on a tour bus or being in a, on a long car journey or being on a flight. Like it suits that 
I can shut my eyes. They're very good for travelling. Yes, they are. Because you d- sometimes you don't want to read a book because you're just like, I'm just too, I'm not in the right frame of mind. There's, I'm too tired. There's, my- some, there's an act. There's, a, I think reading is a wonderful leisure activity, but it's an active process. Yeah. So you know, and if you're a bit knackered, it just feels like a bit of an effort. I don't know. And I, I actually find the same with with watching something as well. So there's there's something yeah. really nice about being able to like almost switch off all your senses apart from hearing and just enjoy it in that respect. And it's great just having someone talk at you and tell you a story, whether it's funny, whether it's engaging, whether it's gripping, whether it's just really informative, just talking at you and telling you these things and you just sit there and just bask in the one-sided conversation. Yeah, totally, I completely agree. And and Serial led me to um, This American Life, which is the production team that made Serial. And um, that's a kind of American radio institution um, and so that kind of led me into a big, a big love affair with that. And there's, I think, something like 20 years worth of that to look back at. Um, and and I, I was just like fascinated by it. I think the first one that I heard was a Halloween special. And it was this story about, um, I'm going to horribly mistell it, but like quite a long time ago, um, like maybe ter- turn of the century or something. This this rich family move in America, move into this huge mansion, um, and they all start they all start um, seeing ghosts and feeling their creepy presences on them. And, and and there's this point where like the little boy is alone in a room and he hears his mum call out to him, and so he goes to find her and she's like, I never called your name. And and there's a there's a they're all having these anyway. It's like really creepy. Yeah. And then their sort of like scientific uncle comes to stay. And they're all talking about it and they're all freaking out. And he's like, oh, have you checked if you've got carbon monoxide leak? Because um, part of the, you know, part of carbon monoxide, like mild carbon monoxide poisoning is this feeling of people touching you and these sort of group hallucinations and all this kind of stuff. And, and they checked and they did and they, and they stopped it and the ghosts went away. And, wow. I, and I was like, that's so interesting that it's... it's uh, and very you know, good to know. Good to know, well, yeah. <laughs> if you start seeing ghosts, the first thing you should do is check your carbon monoxide meter. It's a silent killer. It is, yeah. Um, but I loved how that kind of threw up in the air the idea that I know, I guess, like like a lot of things that people believed in the past that maybe there maybe maybe there was a rational explanation for it, maybe not. But it, it, it I guess the, with this American life, it's sort of uh, for me personally, it, it's. A, a really interesting mix of being quite informative and also lots of sort of individual human stories from many many different walks of life and and it, it and it continued my love affair with the notion of the podcast because um it was also very informative and i guess you know as you are an adult and not in education or maybe not learning as much because you have to get on with your life that, that to find like the different points of things that can expand your mind a little bit and, and give you a window into lots of other people's lives. It's true, so, isn't it? When you're a kid and you're at school, you learning is like nine to three. That yeah. is learning and then maybe some homework. And, and then you chat to your friends and you learn from them the things they've heard from their friends. This is true. You know, but so that's usually the, you know, like Kate Eastnog Simon behind the bus stop. Just as important as, <laughs> as, as, your, as your times tables, in my opinion. <laughs> but then as you get older, you realize that the world's so much bigger and there's just so many, just so many weird, interesting facts and yeah. things to know, and like. Well, it's a constant process of realizing how little you know and how little you're <laughs> ever gonna know. It's quite sobering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, anyway, so that's sure, that. No, but I mean, what, what other things, are, I mean, are you, are you more a kind of narrative-led podcaster, or do you like the oh, fact I've that dipped, I've dipped, I've dipped my toe into many. I mean, the, the problem that I have is that often I, I listen to them and I can't sleep on the tour bus, so I'll, I'll kind of like be really interested, and then it'll put me to sleep. And then I'll wake up three episodes later and I'll be like, both in a coffin bunk on a, on a, in, in a bus careering down a motorway somewhere, and also, like, huh, huh, was that part of my dream? Did that happen? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I miss a lot. But I love that there's one that there's a podcast that my, my sister's a psychologist and she recommended this one called Invisibilia, which is about, um, about thoughts. And so it's quite a kind of vague, um, I don't know, I guess I quite like, I like anecdotal ones. I listen, yeah, uh, and um, definitely more sort of like true story, kind of story narrative ones. yeah, yeah. Um, what about you um, so again I think I, I, I was quite into podcasting when I was at university and it was just sort of picking up and it, it right. was like early days like 2005 2006 and then just yeah completely forgot about it and, and didn't realize I mean I used to do this podcast for line of best fit but it was like a music one you know and yeah. we played songs on it and that was kind of when you could still get away really with putting music on the podcasts. But in terms of speech, I just always When did that get cracked down on? Well, I, I did like a music podcast in 2005, 2006 called The Popcast, right. which was like all about Welsh music. Good name. And we, we got like a note, I remember we got like a, a note from PRS or PPL or someone like that saying, either pay 400 pounds for this podcasting license or we will sue you. Kind of like cease and desist type. So is, order. is that when podcasts became like Weatherspoons? Yeah. <laughs> and, and music was banned. I I don't know. I think then they were trying to curb like all these people suddenly have you know access to software that you can just put a, a podcast together in your bedroom very yeah. very easily. Like it's super DIY. And there's you know a, a, with that came a, a, an insurgence of people making music in their bedrooms and music becoming uh, a lot easier to produce and. You had all these DIY bedroom producers. There's an influx of music, and yeah, much like yourself, there's an influx of music, and you all want to find an avenue to get it out. And then there's people like myself sitting in their bedroom wanting to put together shows. And I yeah. think the music industry has always struggled with catching up with the sort of music has, piracy yeah. in the internet. Really, 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 yeah. And it's always like a knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? It's always like totally. a, shut it down, shut it down, or pay this crazy money for something that you're just doing to like give unsigned artists a leg up. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I guess it's interesting in the context of, in the context of Spotify and Apple Music to look at their approach and the timing of that versus the massive success of things like Netflix. Yeah. Which is like, has so much money it doesn't know what to do with and it's then has now become like an amazing content creator. Yeah. It's so interesting to, just to think, you know, with the wonderful benefit of hindsight, like guys, if we just thought of this earlier, you know, we'd be in such a different position with music, but... And yet you know. still, it's like, it seems like still a, a struggle. Yes. Where you still have the struggle over artists' licensing rights and payments, but I mean, that is a whole other podcast. It is a whole other podcast. Yeah. It is a potentially, potentially niche. <laughs> I mean, not, not that a podcast talking about a podcast that, that one or two people like isn't niche in itself. <laughs> right, but. guys, today we're talking to Dan from Bastille about neighbouring rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, cozy um, up, I think, <laughs> get excited. Yeah. <laughs> Just everyone started making so many different podcasts that they're sort of spun out of control a bit. And it feels like recently it's almost become like the next step up. I think Serial raised the bar 
so yeah. high that people well, it's, start looking at as what? an entertainment as a form of documentary and entertainment and as a, you know just the ra the ratings on it were crazy like S Town which I yeah. I adored was it broke just a ridiculous amount of of of, of records I just, I think I think that whole team um, behind Serial and American and this American Life and S Town I think there's there's a real interesting sensitivity to the way they handle situations and I think it's I think it's really impressive I think it's because I think it's refreshingly human particularly in the context of you know British print journalism and a lot of like online tabloid journalism and a lot of you know sensational sensationalizing talk radio on both sides yeah. of the pond it's so nice to have you know I, I feel like with with S Town which I very highly recommend another kind of self-contained one. Mm -hmm. I remember listening to it and just thinking like, wow, this is like a three, four year project. And actually he could have constructed it in so many different ways and told the story. He could have told multiple different stories and reading articles about it from the sounds of things, he, he, it could have been a lot longer. There were whole strains of the narrative that he chose to explore and to not explore. And it, you know, is this kind of, there's an obvious debate over the ethics of making somebody's private life incredibly public but I feel like I felt okay with that because I felt like it was done really sensitively. It was really tasteful yeah and I think I, I kind of came to it seeing like from the makers of cereal yeah and I was like oh sick yeah. and then went in thinking it was going to be this whodunit type. I know and it actually it kind of it sort of almost feels like it did that just to, to make us all feel bad about ourselves because yeah. <laughs> you're like I was like oh yeah what's gonna happen and they're like no this is not no, about that you no. awful voyeur <laughs> <laughs> this is about so, something so much more interesting and complex but I can't even imagine like having the mindset where someone starts like writing to you and then you're like well I'm just going to record and archive every single conversation because something might happen yeah yeah, yeah totally which is just I mean they, they must be working on so many so different many. stories but also I think if you if you're a This American Life nerd like I am I guess you kind of realise that they must just have to be open to so many different things you know there's episodes of that podcast that are an hour long and they're like incredible investigative journalism in association with like the Washington Post or there are others that are really light-hearted and magazine-y and jump around from loads of different mm. things and it, they, it must I, I think it would be amazing to be involved in something like that where you're kind of you work for a respected thing and then you're also just like right what's what's happening in the world what interesting stuff and people must send things in all the time and yeah. yeah and I guess it's also up to the talents of the journalist or producer or whatever to have the hunch to be like this is definitely worth following or like no one's going to care about that do we have like a British version I don't think so I think that, I think I think what was it to I I uh Ira Glass the guy that that, that founded and and does this American life I saw him he did a he did a tour where <laughs> He did a tour with him and two like ballet dancers and it was like a live podcast. It was just very, he was, a lot of it was addressing how odd it was that he was playing at like, something like the Barbican with dancers and, and the music. It was just, it was odd, but it made me sort of read a bit about him and, 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 and listen to some interviews with him. And I think the thing I found really striking was that he was talking about how he articulates himself and how, and that, that style of journalism that, that Serial has and that that has, that kind of human sensitive, but informative and relatable thing that he has. And that he actively chose as a style to, to break down all the things he'd learned in, in, you know, in college or in journalism school or whatever, all the things of like how you would 
articulate yourself and, and put a sentence together and the tone that you take on, that, that kind of news speak, yeah. how he was like forcing himself to break it down. He says like every third word, you know, like I do, like a lot of people do. Like everyone does. Exactly. And it's quite nice. I think it just makes it, if, if you're, it makes you, maybe it makes you feel like you can relate to a story more because there's somebody that is conversational saying it to you. I don't know. There's, um, this, there's this guy, there's this guy called Guy, guy Roz who runs the TED Radio Hour, which I also really like. Um, and he, uh, it's, it, it basically takes those TED Talks and then it interviews the people and he puts together a show with a theme of, which looks at like four or five. And then it's another, it's, another, it's another case of, he's very personable, I think, and he kind of brings good things out of people and he very handily cuts down the TED Talks and sort of surmises them with a bit of commentary in like, you know, a few minutes rather than, rather than the full 20. Um, and it's, it's one that I thought was brilliant. And I, I, I we were on tour at the end of last year and somebody had asked me in like a Q&A or something online, like what part I was listening to and I just included a bunch of podcasts and he ended up seeing it and then he got in touch and then he came to one of our shows and then we sort of like kind of which is a slightly, one of those slightly weird scenarios where you're like, I love you, man. You're <laughs> and, uh, and I had to like not geek out when he was backstage at our gig, I had to like not be weird about, about, about his podcast. And he was telling me about this, this one that he was about to start called How I Built This, which has subsequently come out, which I really love, um, which looks at the idea of like the entrepreneur and takes, is that how you say it? Yeah, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, sorry. And, uh, <clears throat> and he takes, lots of stories of people. I think, I think what's emerging from this uh, podcast therapy session is that I quite like human stories. Yeah. <laughs> I think is what I've realised. Because I was going to ask you, like, what, what are your, like, favourite sort of things that you have learned from them? What, what are there, like, any sort of facts or, like, lessons or things that you've taken away that, you've, that have kind of stuck with you? Um, no. I guess, I guess what I would take from a lot of stuff, like, particularly This American Life in S-Town, I think they handle the American election really, really well. Um, I'm getting to my point, it might take me a while. They handle it really, really well, I thought, by, you know, I, I assume they're all quite liberal, and, but they were, they thought they were very inclusive in their coverage of it, both before and after, in making it really human and, and looking past people's opinions and sort of explaining, allowing people to explain themselves. In the same way with S-Town, think there's a man that on the surface probably says some quite racist things for various different reasons and I think maybe a lot of people would hear someone say those things and be like oh I don't want to hear what you have to say because I don't agree with that yeah. but it was about like unpacking who he was and exploring obviously the real complexities and depths that lie beneath the surface of absolutely everyone and I think I think maybe just a bit like reading books but because this is, it's more I guess I read fiction whereas these are more like real life I think Maybe it's made me just, I don't know, so cheesy, be like a little bit less judgmental of people. Not that I, not that I was judgmental, but as in yeah. just if, maybe if someone is articulating something that I really disagree with, to just, you know, n not make a snap judgment on that. Which is, is probably a shame that it took me, it took me podcasts. <laughs> to, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm not someone but who's... But then I'm not, I'm not someone who's exposed to like other people's points of view in, in that sense? Because... I mean, working in music, it's pretty liberal. 
mm-hmm. and hanging out with bands, pretty liberal, yeah. media types, pretty like your circle is. I mean, that's what they call it a bubble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. And then it's not often that you'd be like, right, well, I'm just going to go to this like super Tory part of the country and talk to people that I would like never normally associate with. Yeah, and also it would be quite awkward to just randomly like walk into someone's. God, I don't even know. Like, where do people convene? Cricket club. And be like, what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I'm lead singer of Bastille, Dan Smith. Nice to meet you. Yeah. What do you think of the action? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I guess that is true. Um, uh, but particularly, you know, I guess the thing that I realised as well, which is pretty bad, is that there's probably a bit of a unfortunate UK-American um, focus for the things that I listen to that's maybe a little bit overlooking a lot of the rest of the world which is pretty big and complex yeah but maybe that's just maybe but that's because there's an element of, of like comfort in listening to them when we were away in yeah. lots of different places but i don't know it's, it's also it's quite hard to find podcasts isn't it like yeah. there's the popular ones that we all know about and there's a lot out there as well but yeah. like i don't know i don't know where or how you would find like a, a niche podcast yeah. from another part of the world or it's quite nice that there's there seems to be a lot of sort of support within that world people kind of swapping episodes and stories like yeah. you have there's one that I love called Reply All oh my god I love Reply I'm completely All. obsessed with yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. and I sort of dip in and out of it but it's I love something a show like that that has a sort of incredibly loose theme like it's the personality of the two guys that present it and it's vaguely just the online world yeah and it could be anything but that's another really good example I think of mad human stories and you and know they're quite good actually about going worldwide I yeah they, they are really good. and, and the it, i think it's easier because of the internet yeah. but but you know there was that story i mean oh, there's too many to mention but like you know there was an episode on microdosing yes that oh was my God, completely so un- but it started because he'd he'd like read a story about someone online and got in touch with them and they suggested he do it and you know it's just it's these it's 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 from the podcast that i choose to listen to it's it's this like unpicking of of the fabric of society and like lifting up of rocks and finding the most interesting people underneath. Like the, the reason that I found Reply All was because having loved Serial, there was I think a set of like four or five episodes that was about one of the journalists was trying to write an article, was trying to do an episode on someone who was doing a blog from prison. And she found this guy, did you, yeah. do you remember that yeah, one? Yeah, she found this guy who, who was doing one, but because there were no laptops allowed in prison, he had to handwrite the blog, post it to his mum, she'd transcribe it, and he then found out at a later date that she was editing it and they fell out over that. But it also then, it then became about why he was in prison. He had mental health issues and, it, you know, it sort of got into that whole, and it became like four or five episodes. And Do you think he's guilty or innocent though? Oh, um, I sort of thought he was innocent. I sort of thought he was guilty. Did you? Yeah. See, it's the beauty of the, beauty of the democratizing <laughs> nature of podcasts. We can all make up our own minds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you ever listen to Startup? No. So Startup is... Um, one of the guys from This American Life who decides he's going to leave and start his own podcasting business. Okay. And it's like a startup, and it's the story of him going out and like pitching to investors and finding a business partner, which is um, the guy who always gets a very eloquent thank you at the end of Reply All. Right. Uh, Matt Lieber, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, yeah, them setting up a business, and it's called Gimlet Media. And then the first podcast that they launch is Reply I'm really, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so they they have, that that Gimlet Media company has quite a lot of different podcasts on the go. But I think in the UK, do you ever listen to um, No Such Thing as a Fish? Um, I have listened to it a bit. 
there's a bunch that I've I, I found, and I probably like a lot of stuff with taste, that like there's, there's some that I can objectively see as probably being really good, but I guess there's only so much time in the day and there's a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So I've listened to it. I've listened it's quite facty as well. It's not very human story. Yeah, but, but again, it's presented in a really good way and I don't know. And the things that they come out with. I, th- my issue is, so like a bunch of my mates have just, just got uh, put a team together and they're going to be on eggheads. <laughs> Oh and I and so I was, I was I was around like last night we were we were like we had almost like four we had like a bunch of people around for dinner at my house and, and and they were because they couldn't all get in the same room at a certain point they had all been called by the producer and given this quiz and so one of them had written down all the answers and and, and they were going through them and seeing like who got it right and whatever and I was just like I was like, I already knew this about myself but this really confirmed that my my ability to retain facts and knowledge and dates and things like that is so rubbish that most of the time I'm listening to podcasts and I'm like, and I'm like, this is so interesting. Like, oh, I should be such a sort of well, well-read, well-rounded, knowledgeable person. And I just fucking can't make anything stick. It's terrible. A bit like, with, like I, I read quite a lot, but you could ask me about the book I read last year and I would not be able to tell you the name of the lead character or what happened. And it's... Brain like a sieve. I know, it's terrible. It's really bad. But I suppose if we're going to talk about podcasts, especially British podcasts, yeah. that are maybe narrative-led and don't require too much intellectualism, then my dad wrote a porno. Yeah, I didn't, I, I'm like probably the only person that I know that hasn't listened to it. Oh I listened to the first episode and was like, I can see that this is probably quite good, and then I just didn't listen to it. And, it, and, and, and interesting, I feel like that was, it was either serial that got you into podcasts, or it was that. Yeah. And so many people that I know love it so much, and, and like find it just, just absolutely hysterical. And I think potentially it's me being awful and reactionary, where I was like, I liked it. Are you a smutty type, though? I mean, I, I Are like- Are you immature and smut? I, I, can, I can totally find that hilarious. <laughs> so it's not, it's not me remotely being like too highbrow, because I'm a fucking idiot. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, I, I, yeah, I will, I will. It's a little bit like The Wire. It's my podcast version of The Wire, like I haven't seen it and I know I should see or listen to it. And I know that when I do, I'm gonna have such a great time. But um, yeah. I think it's, it's another, like, it's, like Serial, it's another kind of like a unifying podcast. Oh yeah, totally. Where, like, well, I was, people telling stories of like, two, two people on a busy commuter tube are like pissing themselves and then yeah. they look at each other and they're like, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, which, is, which is awesome. Like, like, I was yeah. on a flight like two, two weeks ago, pissing myself and the guy's like, you listening to and I was like oh my dad wrote a porno and he was like oh my god and the girl behind was like oh my god I've just been listening to that that." and it's cool how like it I don't think I quite realized the scale of it and quite how how huge it is like internationally as well yeah uh people love it so yeah I will I I, like I'm just trying to think of stuff I like I'm actually scrolling through my my, my little well give us a scroll and I really like the unboxing podcast what's that oh the the Adam yeah yeah but just because of the people that he speaks to um it's very much from that world, but but and are often nice really interesting. Like pals. Yeah, and um, he's he's just I think he's another sort of modern human flawed man who's not who's like who was quite self analytical and hilariously funny and really talented. But like, there's a real humanity to it. You know, when his dad died, obviously that was very sad, and I'm talking about that a lot. But also, you know, I really enjoyed one recently with Zadie Smith because I'm obsessed with her. But also. Yeah, it's just sort of bringing, he, it's an approach to, to interviewing people who are probably on a promo trail, but bringing something out of them and giving them a space to talk it when they don't feel like they 
are locked into just talking about what they're there to promote and it's it's a really nice chat and he obviously has like relationships with a lot of them as well so yeah. it's yeah it's just kind of really interesting insight it feels really natural when you're listening to it it also feels like they're just having a bit of a laugh yeah and you feel included in it which yeah which is a real skill i think is a real really excellent skill there's some music ones i was trying to think of uh, music ones that i listen to there's one called soda jerker on songwriting that i listen to for a bit which is these two songwriters from i think liverpool who um interview like either artists or, or or big sort of behind the scenes songwriters and I found that really interesting to um, hear about other people's processes basically mm. because my experience with the music industry was very much like I just did my own thing and then we did our own thing and then we existed in this mad space that we weren't expecting to ever and then and so it was sort of like learning on the job in terms of like because I guess with something like songwriting I'd always just done it and I liked it, and it was something I did not for anyone else. Mm. And then it became something that was everyone else was included in. And then, uh, and so just hearing about, you know, some people really have a method and are really methodical with it, and others are like, oh, it just happens. And you know, there are some songwriters who like. There's this one songwriter who's he lives, he records in the basement, and at six o'clock every day, his wife's like, right, you're finished. Whoever it is, be it like Adele or whoever, like they just get turfed <laughs> out. Really? And I quite liked hearing, yeah, like hearing. Can you imagine kicking Adele out your basement. Yeah. Or your wife kicking Adele out of the basement, <laughs> being like, "Right, you're done. Fuck off." <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was very interesting. I also like really enjoyed and actually haven't finished, but Laura Marling did a podcast called Reverse the Reverse, Reverse, Yeah, which I thought yeah. was fucking incredible. I I am a I'm a big fan of hers anyway, and have been from the very beginning. I remember seeing like when she was I think 15 or 16. I saw this show that she did at Soho Review Bar and. She, the guy on the door read the preview of the gig and saw that she wasn't old enough to be in there and kicked her out. So she did this gig out on, in this alleyway in the middle of Soho between all these sex shops to all the people who were queuing up to get in. And it was very cool. But anyway, it's, it's sort of, it, I thought it's a really brilliantly handled, two-sided insight into women in the music industry, um, which is something that I think about quite a bit. Into, well, not. I mean, it doesn't like keep me awake at night. But, <laughs> but I do think it's really interesting, and I've and I've had, and I've had chats about about particularly on the technical side of of the music making process how how few women there are. You know, our manager when we started out and through our whole first album, our manager happened to be a woman, and and it wasn't something I ever even thought about. But we talk about it and be like, oh, it's funny when this suddenly is noted or becomes an issue you're like and it shouldn't yeah. be and and you know that it she speaks to in this podcast like a handful of engineers and producers and there are literally a handful in the world and it's, yeah. and it's so in, it is a and the interesting debate of, of sort of there's there's one woman who was talking about why there aren't more female producers and was kind of saying it she feels like it's not necessarily because that of exclusion it's potentially a combination of that and and people maybe not wanting to go down that road or not realising that it's an option for them and, and yeah so it's, it's kind of this big sort of complicated thing but I thought she talked about it both in a quite a literal and worky sense but also in the kind of like well, right, what characteristics are there that she believes exist in men and women in the creative process that can be helpful or unhelpful or can bring certain things out of different things and yeah I thought, I thought it was very interestingly and sensitively handled and yeah, I really enjoyed she it. was telling me because she did she spoke at an event um, that I was doing with like young women and she was telling me that um, men and women have different ranges of hearing 
And it's something like the like the, the a woman's like left ear is has a goes has a higher range or something like that. So you no have way. a more rounded uh, not a field of vision but a field of sound, I suppose, a field of listening. Because um, it's something to do with like hunting in the wild or being a mother. I, I'm not sure. Some kind of like actual thing that exists within yeah, yeah and so how thing. pretty much every record in history has been mixed for a man's sense of hearing <laughs> which is quite interesting and I'd like as well with with reverse the muse that it's something that she's done as a podcast and it's reactionary like she's seen that something in the world isn't right but then she's doing she's kind of grown it out of a podcast as well into almost like a little movement where she does talks and yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and she did a whole day at um, Urchin Studios um, in London Fields That's cool. where she had, it was just musicians, male and female musicians coming in but all the staff were, all the like producers, engineers were female. That's in fact she didn't even have producers because she felt that producers was too hierarchical. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. this nice podcast comes to life. Yeah, when they branch out into the real world and then there's some like there's uh, my favourite murder, where uh, where sometimes you're aware of them. And there's like one called The Dollop as well. Which Wait, it's called My Favourite Murder. It's these two uh, American comedian um, comedians who sit together and discuss these two women who discuss what um, they're really obsessed with true crime, but in a big way. But they're hilarious, and they basically they go through, um, and it's quite meta. They basically they go through. I think they both pick a serial killer or a murderer from the vast and complex annals of American and international serial killer history, which I'm not that au fait with, but, and they, they, they will talk through it and just kind of, they're, they're sort of, they're very respectful of victims and stuff, but they also are quick to point out the absurdities and, and they'll sort of, they'll go in hard on the serial killers. So it's like, it's like true crime, but with a kind of But they're light, funny and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's as much about them. But what's interesting is I, I came into it a, a while in, and I actually haven't listened to it in a while, but it, um, Clearly, in the process of the podcast happening, it became very successful, and so it's it's kind of quite. There's this like parallel story of like the narratives that they're they're spinning, but also yeah, it starts with them sort of doing the housekeeping at the beginning and like you know answering notes and stuff, and, and you can hear the excitement of like they're like oh my god, this thing we're making is connecting with people, like you know it people. It, they're making merch and they're having they're, then they're doing live shows to like packed out theaters and all this kind of stuff, and it's it's. Uh, um, that, so that's quite nice to hear, I think, because, there's, because I think this, that sort of, that, that live experience of someone who, anyone who makes anything and then seeing it go out into the world and suddenly be successful, it's, it, you know, there's, a, there's like a bub, that in, to be in that bubble and to get an insight into that bubble of excitement, I thought was quite cool. And I'm sure the same thing happens with like, but I mean, with my dad's porn, my yeah, dad wrote porno. Dad wrote porno, but I mean, you, you yourself, as a musician, like, surely you've experienced that, making something and putting it out into the world and then seeing it grow. Uh, but I just like that you're like excited about seeing their version of it. Yeah, I guess you probably get less excited about it when it's your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Daniel number one, but this podcast, they're making merch! Yeah, I'm a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to think about it, it's also, weird. I love the it's concept of like, taking a podcast on the road. Yeah, me too. I like, you know, and I think it shows the power, a bit like with, you know, with YouTubers or you know, who, who can like sell out Madison Square Gardens. And you know, it just shows the power of kind of new media and, and what people want to... And I think, that, you know, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, about the internet making younger generations more isolated and less kind of, 
less interactive one-on-one, -on -one, but I think it's also amazing to see something like that that would then bring people together yeah. in real life. And, th and that there's, there's still a real desire to be like, yeah, well, I loved it on YouTube, but I want to go hang out with other people that like it and I want to watch it live. And I don't know, there's something uh, like our, our, our radio plugger in America, who's, who's like just a, just a really, really nice guy. He was, he was talking about how, how much it blew his mind. Like he was someone that grew up and religiously went to gigs and bought records and all that kind of stuff. And seeing his kids who love music, but they'd rather go see a YouTuber like do a show at Madison Square Gardens. He's like, I feel so old. I can't wrap my head around that. Well, but I read an article about how that, that the reason that like a younger generation love like the YouTube stars versus like the pop stars is because it because we are too old. So it's like everyone's mum is into Taylor Swift. Like yeah. Taylor Swift is not your thing anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I was a kid, pop music was like my thing. Mum listens to Radio Two, yeah. but now the same artists are on like Radio Two that are on Radio One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, but mums, mums and dads don't watch the YouTubers. That's true. So it's like it's the kids' thing. It's so real, like they the have real ownership go, over it. Yeah, and the parents are like, I don't understand you and these YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing more vindicating as a child, like whatever it is. If your mum's like, I don't get it, and this is awful, you're like, I fucking love this. Yeah, shit. exactly. <laughs> When your mum's like, oh, I'll come along, I'll tag along, I love it. You're like, oh, don't oh like no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. Like, when, like when your favourite band suddenly become really successful. And, and, you know, there's part of you that's like so pr proud of them and happy. And there's another part of you that's like, God, if all these people like it, yeah. oh, I don't know. But I hate you that. Like, I hate that in other people, though. So no, I, 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 I'm 100% that person. I, I'm, I always like the demos. Yeah. Get, dem <laughs> get full on demoitis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're done scrolling. I'm aware that you have an engagement. Yeah, but I, I can. I'm, I'm easy. Well, should we should we do a review? Should we should we dissect? Do you want to look back at what we've done? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was. Oh, I don't know. I hope it was interesting for anybody. I got I got to talk a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed that actually. Sometimes I think I I, I, I talk too much in these things. So it was nice that you led the conversation. I mean, it's, it's something that I'm, it's a, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I'm someone that's like into podcasts, but I think from, from the, more, you know, the take home message from today is maybe I am. And as, you know, if, if anybody, anybody listening who has remotely found anything that they might want to listen to off the back of it, that'd be cool. I personally really enjoyed the illusion of you as Miss Havisham. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad, you enjoyed, I'm glad you enjoyed that image. I can just see you just sitting in the corner of your, Curtained, dusty bedroom. In a wedding dress. In a wedding dress. <laughs> with a, with a mouldy cake. <laughs> I'd, li I'd like to point out that I, that, that was my old house. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, and that I have hopefully improved as a person um, since then. I think meandering start, yeah. strong core, good ending. I hope so. I hope so. I, yeah. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's like, like within, you know, some people like to listen to music when they drive or when they're walking around or like at a party or you know, yeah and I guess it's probably the same with podcasts yeah but I've it's a time and a place for every podcast yeah true and I guess I guess like I said before just being lots of sleepless nights in a, in a really bumpy coffin sized tour bus careering down some terribly maintained American high road <laughs> has, 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 has led me to what probably wouldn't have existed otherwise in my life as, as a as, a, as an obsession. But uh, yeah, like, like, like we said before, 
I think it's it's quite a nice insight into other people's lives in a non, maybe in a non-invasive and nosy way. Because somebody's got to have put the effort and time into making the podcast, I think. Is that a fair conclusion to draw? I don't know. I think so. What, what would you, out of 10, what would you rate? This one? Mm. Oh, it's hard for me to, I, I feel like I can't be objective because I've been involved. So I'd always rate something that I was involved in as, as a flat zero out of 10. <laughs> but I feel that's probably unfair on you and everybody involved in this podcast. I was going to give myself a seven and, and you at least a nine. Oh, thanks. It was a good effort. Right. Well, I feel good. We'll, we'll, we'll put like a, a little list of links to all the podcasts that we mentioned for anyone who wants to check them out. Anyone who wants to be enlightened. Yeah, I feel... Anyone in the world who there any, is there any more? Are there any more podcasts do you want to shout out that you think are brilliant? Uh, when you were talking about the music one, I was thinking of the Song Exploder. Song Exploder is, yeah. Yeah, is really good. And obviously the Tiny Desk Sessions, that's materialised from that. I've only watched the videos. Yeah. Would that come from the Song Exploder? Yeah, it's the same guy that runs it. So, so NPR, are, this guy, that guy Guy Raz that I was referencing, he... Um, I massively geeked out with him on his work and ended up, like, earlier this year when we were on tour in Washington DC, he was like, come into the NPR office. And because I, uh, for this other project that I'm working on, we had this idea of this, this podcast that we want to do um, for this slightly crazy concept project. And, and, and so I, I wanted to chat to him about it. So he, we sort of went into the offices and, and, and uh, I was like, a kid at Disneyland, it was so embarrassing. They're literally showing me like, the most municipal desks you've ever seen. They're like, this is where they make invisibilia. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. He's having to like hold me back from like asking for photos with these, these people who are just getting about their Thursday morning. This fucking weirdo comes in. But they took, they took us around to the music area and like where they do the time desk sessions. And we sort of like, I was with Charlie who played guitar in our band and he was just like exploding with excitement. And then, and they have a, they have a gift shop. So obviously we bought a lot of merch. Amazing. Yeah, America's good at that. And yeah. any, any excuse for a t-shirt or a tote bag <laughs> or a mug. Um, I love a novelty pencil myself. Yeah, mm. good. I just don't use pencils, so they just sit around. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to know what your favorite souvenir is. <laughs> Thank you. Just merch ideas for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so that was very cool. Getting to go to the sort of like spiritual home of a place that I love. And they, you know, NPR in America is, is like, um, I guess the closest that America has to Radio 4, yeah. or the BBC, mm. um, in that they make news content, and they, but they make all these shows, but because it's so vast, they have to syndicate, st syndicate stuff out, but also make stuff, anyway. Sorry, as you can see, I could, I could boring you waffle on about podcasts for fucking ages, so I'm gonna stop. But um, yeah, Were there, so Song Exploder, it's yeah. brilliant. Were there any others? Uh, they Walk Amongst Us. Ooh. That's a, another true crime one. Okay. Oh, I listened to this one, there's a couple, of my, my friend recommended a bunch of true crime ones and some of them are just a bit much. Some of them are really horrible. There was, there was one, did you listen to uh, Missing Richard Simmons? No, I didn't. So that was kind of, that was about uh, Richard Simmons who's a sort of American fitness personality. He's and like always on like The Simpsons yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Right? So I was kind of vaguely peripherally aware of him, but I think not being American, I wasn't really sure who it was. I and there was this like thing about like a few years ago he, having been someone who, if there was a Hollywood tour going past his house, he'd run out and say hello, and having been someone who'd like pop up on Oprah all the time and did all these fitness classes still, mm. he, and, and had all these relationships with people who he'd kind of helped lose loads of weight, he just decided to 
like disappear and, and completely retract from public life. And so this, this kind of semi-friend slash fan of his did this podcast that was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to uncover it. And it was really interesting because it provoked a lot of debate about the ethics of it. And like, if this guy wants to be left alone, is it, is it fair to be doing a... And it was kind of, it was an interesting, uncomfortable listening in the context of live this sort of live investigative journalism via the medium of podcast where some people loved it and other people were like this is like this is sitting up really uncomfortably with me so that was interesting there's another one i think i might have deleted it so i forgot what it's called but there's a oh you must remember this is amazing it's a it's a it's a about the history of hollywood <clears throat> going back ages um but there was a very very good um run on the manson murders like a 10 episode series wow when um, you said that i thought it was going to be like slinkies uh, yeah you must remember these <laughs> yeah no not quite oh. um it's like it's, it's that 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 the, a kiss is just a kiss it's that old song um it's the yeah it's um it's really good i recommend it if, if you're into true crime stuff because it, it like unpacks the whole situation like the historical context of it uh, all the people involved because it was something that again there's a lot of stuff that you have like a peripheral knowledge of mm -hmm. and then to have it kind of explained to you um, I thought I was going to get into history podcasts because I was like maybe I, maybe I could be someone that knows about history nothing stuck <laughs> uh, nothing really stuck um, yeah what else heavyweight I thought was quite interesting what's heavyweight it's, it looks at it looks back at um, I think it's trying to redress stuff that happened in, ch like bad things that happened in childhood, not in a, not in a super sinister way, but like for mm. example, the first episode or the second episode was this guy Gregor who lent some CDs to a friend of his years ago, um, and and basically the CDs that he lent were what Moby used to make play. Oh my god! And he never got the CDs back, and he was like trying to, get, <laughs> and it was this whole thing of like they sort of fell out over it, and then it was getting them in a room together to talk talk it through, and 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 that was kind of really interesting. Um, yeah. I was trying to find uh, the name of, there's a podcast that's all about podcasts. Oh, like really? A podcast that recommends you podcasts. Oh, if we'd have reviewed that, is, that'd be like double meta. I know. Bollocks. So I wanted to drop it in, but they, there's like a little hint of it. There's like a, sometimes they have those bonus episodes because it's by Gimlet Media and I can't ah. remember the name of it now. Um, I'm going to Google it. Uh, Code, Swi Code Switch is another one by NPR that I think is really good. Code it's, Switch. It's about, um, it's, it's a load of journalists at NPR who uh, are basically talking about race in America and how complicated it is and the, and the language of talking about, I, I don't know, yeah, I, I mean, I, would, I shouldn't even try and talk about it, but it's, 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 it's really interesting, sort of quite brief. There's this one that I've just started listening to called The Dollop, which is another history podcast by two comedians, but the only reason, they had an episode on Uber um, oh. which I just listened to and it was like every every three seconds they say something that you're like what what really what? Does yes. it make you not want to take ubers well no because I'm awful I, like I, it, it made me it made me realize that they're awful but I'm like but they're also really helpful I mean I I walked out of um supersized me and went straight to McDonald's so <laughs> <laughs> that kind of uh says quite a lot about how terrible a person I am but um I think it's called Sampler Sampler I think that would make the most sense yeah that's out like of all their would. shows but they have Gimlet Media they have so many podcasts I know they do surprisingly awesome science versus mystery show they're Crime all really great yeah so really good yep 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 um I will there's also one that I just started listening to called terrible thanks for asking that's meant to be really brilliant and it's about oh yeah anyway but, 
I'm gonna. I'm just now. I'm now just listing podcasts. This we has are, been really, we? really fun for everybody. It, it, this has almost been one of those kind of interviews where you talk to the band and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, really excited about the album." And they end the interview and they go, "Oh my god, you never yeah, guess what well, we did our wrap up. We did our wrap up about two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> since then we've just been listing shit. Yeah, sorry. No, it was really fun. I've I've got so much to listen to now. Yeah, not enough time is there. Well, there's not going to be another one of these podcasts for at least two months while I catch up on all the ones we've discussed. Cool, and then we could have, we could have a, a roundup. Yeah. You could come back and we could... Sounds good, 2019. I find it really interesting to finish, um, having sort of, you, I guess you come to these things for, it, via different ways and means and recommendations or whatever. And then something led me the other day to look at the world podcast chart. And it's so interesting to see like where you're, where the ones that you like Where your fit. team sits. Yeah, where your team sits in the league. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, because because some you know I think when, when in the intimacy of somebody or a couple of people talking to you via your headphones, you know, it, it, there's something so intimate about it. It's almost and it's a kind of it's like like I was sort of saying at the beginning about serial. It's this kind of weird shared but communal experience that is somehow private and very public at the same time. And I think something about seeing the seeing the chart Did it ruin warmed it? my heart and freaked me out at the right. same time. It wasn't like your your favourite band's now massive. A li- for some of them it was, yeah. For some of them it was, and then others I was just really proud. Um, I don't know why. I have nothing to do with any of them, <laughs> but but yeah. And it's funny, like like you were saying about podcasting. Like a bunch of my mates have done various podcasts to to, to varying degrees of success, and it's always interesting to see. I think it's quite a nice, open, democratized medium that allows you. All you need is a mic, and yeah, you can. It's empowering. Yeah. Just knowing that you can throw your voice out there to however, whoever wants to, to listen. How seven many, how or 7,000 people. people. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're probably nearer the seven, but. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? Now we've had you, you know. Might be eight. Might be 18. Wow. Bump those stats. Don't go too crazy. Oh, don't you worry. I'm not, I'm not buying myself a fancy vest yet. Uh, one of the questions I had when I went into NPR was how it works. Um, because I think my least favourite thing about podcasts is, well, least favourite, but also it's always interesting to see how people do the sponsorship bit. And some people choose to try and make it part of the show, others just tack it on. And mm. I was chatting to this guy, Guy Raz, about it, because you know, he was like, obviously there are some things that I'm not excited about promoting. And, and that, I guess, like with anything that is successful, and suddenly it becomes about an artistic thing and, and commerce that always brings something slightly odd. And it's so fascinating for me to see how different people choose to... I use MailChimp. Yeah. Oh, you do? <laughs> MailChimp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but then weirdly with Serial, I became really endeared to that. And it wasn't like long or offensive enough to, to, to piss me off. And it, no. it became part of the experience. A bit like, you know, I don't know. I like it when they do them on the, when they do them on Reply All and it's, it's like they've set up some weird Squarespace site for like Alex's gripes. Yes. And I yeah, totally yeah. thought it was his grapes. Yeah. The wonders of accents, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. For sorry for us. sorry for horribly chewing your ear off for no, ages. That's great. Less work the better. A massive thanks to Dan. This is Talk The Line, original music by Seams. Please do subscribe for more podcasts. We upload a new one every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter at Talk The Line and we will post up all the podcasts mentioned there too. We'll also add them to the show notes and do a little news piece on the website. If you like us, please leave us a review. It helps us so much. See you next week.